exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. This is Impact Exposure. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Uh, my name is Wes. Uh, I've got a great show lined up for you today. We'll be speaking with uh, Gwen Chico Brandon from the uh, Williamston Art Fest and Wine Fest, as well as Diane McNeil from the Potter Park Zoo. Uh, but before we get to any of that, uh, we're speaking now with uh, Yvette Robinson from the East Lansing Public Art Gallery. I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you so very much, Wes. I'm pleased to be here. Oh, you're more than welcome to be here. Uh, could you, first of all, tell us a little bit about uh, what the East Lansing Public Art Gallery is all about. Well, the East Lansing Public Art Gallery is like about people like yourself, just regular people. We attract local people who are artists, some people who may have had their artwork in the closet for a while and their family is saying, you really should do something with that. Those are the type of people that we attract. Most of the people have done this for the very first time, and we ro- rotate artists uh, once a month for 12 months. Mm, excellent. So this is more for folks that uh, sort of have a, uh, as a passing hobby or amateur folks? Uh, we or? have amateur and we have professional. We have a mm. balance of both. Some people have been doing it for a lifetime. Some people have their own students. Um, studios, but they haven't had a lot of exposure because they're doing other things like developing things for other people in the community, doing taking photographs for graduating seniors and things like that, and they don't get an opportunity to expose themselves, and we give them that opportunity. Very nice, very yeah. nice. Well, now, uh, at this time uh, last year, you held the uh, PAG Awards? The, yeah. PAG, the PAG Awards. Awards. You know, like the actors have the SAG Award, ah, the Screen Actors Guild. Right. Well, we have the PAG PAG Awards, very and cool. it is just incredible, and we have one coming up well, now, what, this what, coming season. Sunday. Oh, it's this Sunday. Yes. Well, now, what, what is that all about? Well, what happens is that when, an, when the artists exhibit the year prior, mm-hmm. the following year, they're awarded. We can't just pick one artist and say they were the best of the year of because they bring so many influences to the table, so many wonderful exhibits in the gallery that we think that if they're selected through our jury process to be one of the exhibitors for that year... Mm-hmm. They deserve to be awarded. So we have a big dinner. We have them come out. We have all types of uh, performances, and it's just wonderful. Very cool. Yeah. Well, now, now, what goes into the, the jury process? I mean, who's on the board? How do they decide? We have there's three people: myself and two other jurors, and they are professionals in the community. One has taught at Michigan State. He's a uh, an artist himself. He's a potter. Uh, that's Eldon Clark. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Jack Thompson, who he's also a East Lansing Arts Commissioner. He has worked worked very close with me since the beginnings of the process. Both of these guys have since like 2002 when we were really starting to talk about what to do. Because we only had an empty room at first, oh, wow. West, just an empty room. Wow. I spent hours and hours in that room. I would go because I had been given charge to turn this room into a gallery. <laughs> no small task. <laughs> yes. So I would just go sit in there and say, oh my God, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? But then one night about 3 o'clock in the morning, I just woke up with everything just flooding. Just the whole process, everything from yes. So I couldn't (laughs) write it down because I was half asleep. So I just pushed play and record on my tape recorder and just saying, "I see this and I see that and I see this and I see that." And then I went back to bed. The next day, I was just amazed and just was so overwhelmed with tears because of the whole mapping process, how everything came together, and I typed it all out and you know and 
presented it to the East Lansing Arts Commission. And, of course, there were a lot of questions. Well, how are you going to have money? How are you going to do this? It's going to work. And we have been just running. We hit the ground running, and we haven't stopped since 2004. We had our grand opening. That's a textbook epiphany. If I it is. Wow. <laughs> yes, nice. it is. So when it comes to the, the jury, sele- like, not, not jury selection, excuse me, the uh, uh, deciding. When we're selecting. When you're selecting, yeah. Yes. Like, how, how do you pick you well, know, we're looking, some art over others? We're looking at what, because the public art gallery is a community art gallery, and we attract young and old. And we don't want anything, have anything in there that's going to be uh, derogatory or that they're trying to make a political statement okay. or, you know, we don't want it to be a platform for them to voice their opinions. We want them to present art, beautiful art. Mm-hmm. Now, each artist have their opinion of what sure, that might sure. be, but we don't want to present a, a sexual type of thing. I see. Young people are coming in, you know, children are coming in, Certainly. groups and things like that. So we don't want to raise any questions. We want them to look at it and learn from that. So we, we even have a, a children's exhibit up right now. Oh. Where young children, uh, 9 to 13 years old, 14 years old, have done the artwork in the gallery. So... Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Oh, we I have a wonderful it. time. And each each artist, month by month, each artist has a grand opening. Oh, you know? wow. That's, yeah, that's got to be great for so them. perfect for them. For them. Yeah. yeah, so we play the music, and they invite their friends. The community is invited, you know, and it's just a wonderful day for them. It's a grand opening. They Certainly. have little snacks and food, <laughs> and then we invite them up and present them, announce to the audience, the visiting audience, their names, although some of them know them, but we make it a big deal, oh, sure. you know. And then they come up and talk about what they do and um, and what they're presenting to the community. And it's just a wonderful event. They just feel so special. And it doesn't take but a little bit to make somebody feel special. Oh, certainly. Especially you know? when you've got something, you know, you're kind of putting Absolutely. yourself out there for a lot of folks yes. like that. I can yes. imagine. Um, now, right now, it's the uh, Matt Epling Creative Arts uh, yes. competition. Is that right? What's what's that all about? Well, that's about um, one of our. The, his dad is the one who's putting on the um, exhibit, and Matt was a 14 year old young man, and um, he had gotten bullied uh, going from McDonald Middle School. He was graduating and going into East Lansing High School, and these guys kind of bullied him around and talked about him, and they caught him one day coming home, and they smeared eggs and syrup and all kind of stuff over. Hmm. Um, Matt, and they told him that they were going to give him a big problem going into high school. Sure. And um, I don't I don't know if it was that day or, or a week later, but Matt ultimately took his own life because he couldn't mm. take, you know, the bullying or thinking about going to high school and have to deal with this kind of stuff on a daily basis. So his dad and mom have come up with a creative idea to, because Matt was into art and and performing and singing and all the things videography and i guess to some of the young men in high school you, know, you got to be in football you got oh, you know oh, I mean? no, I, so I that. that's yeah. kind of you know that was a challenge for him so what the parents have done is they've created this competition and they have invited you know young people from middle school to be creative and do their art and put it into a competition and then they vote who's the best or who was best of show and they have a jury panel as well so it's a wonderful wonderful program and they do it once a year and you get entries from east lansing high school or um middle school mcdonald middle school Uh very nice Mm -hmm. yeah so that's going on right now they've already submitted their uh, exhibits Uh first he yes they have submitted first he put the actual contest happened during the art festival Mm. back in may I see. And then we also had catered to to Kevin Epling, the dad, mm-hmm. and asked him if he would like to present his artwork in the public art gallery after 
his ah, contest was over certainly. in May, which he did. So all of those pieces of art, and these children are so talented. You look at that and go, did a child do this? How old? They have 11 years old written wow. up there. And you go, my goodness, I can't <laughs> believe a kid did that. It's even more impressive when it's that yes. age, certainly. Yes. So, so yeah, it's it's really nice. And, and month by month, we have a different artist that come in. And we do this selection the year prior. Hmm. So like at the end of this year, uh, November, December, we would have selected the 12 that's going to be um, exhibiting in 2008. I see. Uh-huh. So we would already have selected the one who's going to start in January, February, all the way through. Wow. So it's it's a long process. It takes a lot of time, but it's so exciting yeah, to sounds, get prepared. Yeah, definitely sounds worth it, Just certainly. think, every 30 days, West, we're getting ready for another opening. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make your job exciting, I'm oh, sure. Oh, it's just great. It's great. <laughs> so what other, what other events do you have coming up uh, in addition to the, uh, the the PAG Awards? And I mean, it sounds like you've got a full plate. Oh, yeah. I've got a full plate, but you know, we're not here to talk about all those other things that I do. I know I'm all involved in a whole <laughs> lot of community things, director Certainly. of the gallery and chairperson of the East Lansing Arts Commission. So we've got a lot of things in the pot right now. And you've got the Great Lake Folk Festival coming up. Oh, and, certainly. you know, everybody's yeah. looking forward to that. Definitely. So I'm one of the coordinators for that. So it's just so much going on. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, but I have my feet in too many different <laughs> things. I don't even want to go into all of that. I, like I said, what we've, what we've already covered is already very interesting. Um, yeah. Well, now, getting back to the art gallery, mm-hmm. uh, when someone puts up their works for, for display, are these works for sale? Or are they are they just for, for display? That's a wonderful question, Wes. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are for sale. Most of them are for sale because okay. it gives an artist an opportunity. Some of them are doing it for the first time. They've, they don't know how. Mm-hmm. So it's a learning process for them from beginning the time that they were accepted all the way until it comes to their time to exhibit. So they learn the business. While they're having their first, you know, opportunity. And they learn what it's like to to write up their, you know, um, the the sheets that have the price list on it, everything. And we help them along the way. And so they they get to sell art and they feel so happy. Now, the art gallery only gets 25%. I think we are the lowest in the whole area because a lot of these other larger galleries, some Mm -hmm. of them want like 50, 60, 70% if an artist sells something. Well, we only get 25% because we want the artists to experience something positive. We want the artists to come out on top. Definitely. Yeah. So, and yeah, so what we do is we give them opportunity to learn how to sell their art, and the artwork doesn't actually go to the buyer until the exhibit is complete when it's over oh. their 30 days. So they, we put sold signs on everything. So it's so nice to walk into their exhibit. It is sold, sold, oh, sold yeah. all over the place. It's Definitely. It gives great. you a lot more cred as an yes. artist, I'm sure. Yes. And then we also have a guest book. So everybody who comes in to visit the uh, exhibit, they get to write whatever they want. That, mm. not, their, not just their name. We want them to put, oh, I really, really like it. Put happy smiley faces. Write a little paragraph. Because these artists are going to take this book home after. And they're going to uh. look at it in years to come. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, I remember I remember that. So, yeah, it's that's good to, always good important. way to keep them coming back for yes. more too. I'm sure. So now, what uh, in addition to to the uh, the 25 percent that you mentioned, uh, what are some other selling points for the gallery? You know, if an artist wants to exhibit their work, why would they choose the gallery, as, uh, the public art gallery, as opposed to another place? Because we're the ones who offer them the most success for oh. their exhibit. Wow. We give them top. Quality treatment. Mm-hmm. We know how to treat them with love and affection and professionalism and all of that. And they walk away feeling like they had an exquisite experience. I think that we offer them a whole lot more. 
see, some of the bigger galleries don't look for people like regular people like you and I. Mm-hmm. They're going uh, to another state, another country. They want the big name people. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they come to us, because we accept them just the way they are. You know, yeah. we look at their artwork, and when people, when we get a chance to put them out there and let the community see them, the community is just raving, you know, about their artwork. Wow, that's so wonderful. We have such a gamut mm-hmm. of, of different types of artwork. It just changes every month. And if we have two dark days, we have people knocking on our door and calling <laughs> me on the phone. Well, when are you going to get another exhibit up? We have to take time in between oh, to sure. clean it up for the next one. Right, right. So, yeah, it's it's just a wonderful program all the way around. Well, that leads me to my next question. You mentioned the, the, the variety of, of, of pieces that you have. Mm-hmm. What what sort of pieces are more what, what do you see more of? I mean, painting, sculpture? Oh, we have painting, sculpture. We have woodwork. You know, I'm an artist myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I do a lot of things of my own. Um, and we have, like, jewelry making. We have macrame, people from India. We've had people from Korea. We've had people from uh, the, the, who are Spanish-speaking Americans, from Chile. Wow. You know, we've had people from up north. We've had people from, you know... Okemos, East Lansing, (laughs) Lansing, Michigan. So we just attract people in our neighboring communities, and it has become a hot spot Mm -hmm. for our community. You know, we just encourage Mm -hmm. people to continue to pass the word around, to get as many artists as possible to come out and try to uh, get themselves involved in the public art gallery. Well, it sounds like, you know, other art galleries that look in other states and every Mm -hmm. place, it doesn't sound like that's even necessary when you have... You know, folks living here right. that are from so many other places, that's, that's fantastic. Another good thing about our gallery is that we don't compete with all the bigger ones. Doesn't sound like you have to. Yeah, we don't have to. <laughs> but, you know, they come and they visit in their spare time, and they always sign the artist's books. Isn't that sweet? Absolutely. Because they support us. They see what we're doing, and it has become so successful. But they still come on their own time because they don't want everybody to be saying, oh, so-and-so who owns this gallery is here and pay mm, so much attention yeah. to them. And they respect that because it's about that artist that they're opening. Certainly. So they come in their spare time, and they will look around and just voice their opinion or send me an email and say, I love that exhibit that's up right now, Yvette. Thank you so much for putting that up and giving our community that opportunity to to show their works you know so it's just a supportive community we just appreciate everything that everybody does for us well, that sounds great now yeah. personally what have been some of your more memorable exhibits uh, during your now time you there? gonna now you can't put me on the spot like that Wes because oh, I, something's I can't show come favoritism I, I know no no I didn't I say favorite <laughs> I said memorable memorable <laughs> yeah but see to an artist, they won't hear memorable. Okay. They'll hear favorite. <laughs> so I don't right. want to say. We'll, we'll, we'll tiptoe around that all, one. They are all, they are all wonderful because if they are selected mm-hmm. to exhibit in that gallery, they've got to be top of the line. So we consider them all top of the line. Well, tell me this then: what what were some of the uh, the, the PAG award winners from the previous award ceremony? All of the ones who exhibited last year. Oh, were they all okay. Yes, I see. Each artist gets awarded. Wow. Each artist, and we, you know what? We've had, we've got a red carpet, West. Oh wow! They actually walk the <laughs> red carpet. Do you hear me? That's yeah, beautiful. yeah. Their names are called. Now, what's so funny about it is they know they're going to get an award. Mm-hmm. I mean, all year they know they're going to get one. But okay, but then they come yeah. to the event, <laughs> to the program. <laughs> but when that name is called, and they walk up there, they're just so overwhelmed, and they get to give a one-minute speech after. Wow! So they walk up there. The mayor of the mm-hmm. city of East Lansing is our MC. 
City manager Ted Staten, he's yeah. one of our speakers. And then we got the uh, city council people are there, and all of the community leaders are there to support us in this. Wow. So, I mean, how can you go wrong? Yeah. You've got these wonderful leaders. <laughs> no, I mean, it, 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 I'm sure it yes. gives you a good sense of community when you've yes, got folks like does. that involved. That's yep. fantastic. So they're all, they're all great. I mean, and they all get awarded, so mm-hmm. we don't pick one or the other. So it's just so funny to see them walk up there and walk that red carpet and then get ready to give their speech saying, I'm so nervous. I don't <laughs> and they've got it already written out. But I'm so nervous. I don't know how to say this. <laughs> it's just great. It's That's great. fantastic. Well, now, uh, my last question for you for, for, for the tonight. Uh, okay. What do you feel is the, the state of the uh, art community here in East Lansing? We've got a lot of events going on. At, What's your take on the state of the community? Uh, I can kind of feel where you're going with the question, but I'm not going to dive all the way in. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, I know a lot of people are saying that, you know, the arts are kind of, you know, wavering and, and, and leaving the community. But as far as the public art gallery goes, we haven't felt that yet. Sounds and like as it's alive we and well. got, As long as we got the support of the artists and they're continuous, continuously coming and bringing their artwork and wanting to participate, we encourage that. We encourage them to keep doing it, and we're going to keep going strong until the last pin drops. We're not. We're not going <laughs> to sit back and say, "Okay, is that what's happening?" and just fall right into that. We're going to just continue to do what we're going. We're soaring right now. Yes, I mean, it sounds we're, like all the decisions you're making are the right stop. ones. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to have you here today. Thank you're you welcome so back much. anytime. I've been speaking with uh, Yvette Robinson from the East Lansing Public Art Gallery. Uh, folks that are interested in the uh, the gallery, uh, you're located over in the uh, Hannah Community Center. Is that right? Yes. And uh, the hours are uh, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., and uh, you're closed on Sundays for the summer. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, more information is available by calling uh, 517-333-2580 or checking out cityofeastlansing.com and clicking on Public Art Gallery. Uh, again, I want to thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. Um, our next guest will be uh, Gwen Chico Brandon from the uh, Williamston Art Fest and Wine Fest. She'll be giving away a few ticket, a few pairs of tickets excuse me, to the uh, Art Fest and Wine Fest. If you're interested in uh, winning those, the number is is 432-3893. So we'll be uh, chatting with her in just a few, but in the meantime, we'll be taking a short break and we'll be back with more Impact Exposure. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building. Without all that, smoking. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Morning's 89-second play. We, The Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into The Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. 
You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. I want to thank you for uh, joining us again. This is the Impact Exposure. Uh, my name is Wes, and uh, I'm sitting here talking with uh, Gwen Cherico Brandon from the. Uh, uh, she's the director of the Williamston Art Fest and Wine Fest. I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, just uh, before we get into uh, what that's all about, I just want to let our listeners know that we are giving away three pairs of tickets for the uh, Art Fest and Wine Fest. Uh, just want to let you know that uh, you must be 21 and over to uh, to win the tickets. But if you're interested, uh, go and give us a call here at four three two three eight nine three. So. Uh, Again, I want to thank you for being here. And uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about what the uh, Art Fest and Wine Fest is all about. Okay. Well, Art Fest on the River really is to promote fine arts. And we have over 68 fine art artists coming from all across Michigan. Many of them are award-winning artists. And they will present and demonstrate fine art like uh, metal sculptures, uh, watercolor painting, textile arts, and uh, a variety of, of unusual type of arts like paper quilts. And uh, we're just really excited to be able to bring artists of that quality to a small community like Williamston. Sounds great. And then um, in addition to that, we have an educational program for kids and young adults. Uh, We have two large tents, uh, kids ages 2 to 12, and young adults, uh, teenagers up to 18. And we provide uh, many different free activities uh, to help promote art education. And that's always a big draw for Williamston's Art Fest to be able to provide that type of level of, of art Certainly. projects. So, Certainly. In addition to that, uh, we have what's called Wine Fest, mm-hmm. which uh, really, it was our first year, it was last year, it was great, and it's just backed by popular demand. We have uh, many vintners from what's called the Pioneer Trail, and um, Bergdorf Winery will be there, Cherry Creek Cellars, Lone Oak uh, Vineyard Estate, Pentamere Winery, Sandhill Crane, Uncle John's Fruit House Winery, and Marendorf's Winery. And most of the vintners will be uh, presenting uh, fruit-type wine, a cherry, mm. uh, apple, peach. It's great. And then we also have domestic wines or traditional wines like um, Chardonnays and Cabernets and Pinot Grigios that will be there as well. So the admission to the Wine Fest includes five tastes of any type of wine in mm. there, um, a uh, hors d'oeuvre plate as well as a complimentary Art Fest wine glass which wow. you get to keep as well. And that uh, the Wine Fest is open at 2 o'clock and stays open until 10 which is about uh, 45 minutes past the end of the festival. So it's great because a lot of the volunteers then get to attend the Wine Fest after the show is sure, over. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to unwind for the folks who have been working hard all day. You know? It is. Well, it's it's, a, it's a, really a really nice environment. We have a lot of pl- uh, chairs set up in there, a table set up in there so people can walk watch the uh, two stages that are performing uh, mm. during art fest. Oh yeah. And uh the uh and we have an enormous uh selection of of artists that are performing at the stages this year. And I tried very hard when we were booking artists to get a selection of lots of different types of music Certainly. because I, I just felt that that would be have a the best impact <laughs> on uh, the cultural experience to everybody there. So we have uh blues and jazz. We have a steel band coming from uh, Mount Pleasant. We have a Frog and the Beef Tones are going to be there. We're really excited about 
about the frog, <laughs> and he'll be playing primarily rock and blues. Uh, we have Hidden Agenda, which is a rock band, classic rock band. Uh, we have uh, a folk artist coming from Leslie, and actually she's a national um, performer. Her name is Jocelyn Schofield, and I'm just thrilled that Jocelyn's coming because she really has been on a higher level circuit than what we have at ArtFest, uh-huh. but to bring a national artist in, I think uh, it's just really inspiring. A lot of uh, local uh, kids get to see someone who has really mm-hmm. worked hard to promote herself and has CDs that are available for sale, and I just think that's really important uh, for the youth to see that. Sure. And in addition to that, um, at the main stage, we have um, the Ed Groves Band. And Ed is uh, a Williamston uh, performer, and he has um, recently cut an album called Jolly Road. And it's mm. just beautiful. He writes all his own music, and it's just like poetry. Excellent. And uh, he will be performing. And um, and then also we have um, Joe Baldino who will be performing world music. And Joe is doing something different because he brings in a a combination of synthesized and live music. So he's a one-man band. And it's kind of cool. And it kind of of sounds a little bit like Anya, the way his, it's really ethereal music. Yeah. So we're very excited to see him. And uh, we have several other artists that will be performing as minstrels, um, one of the minstrel groups that are coming to open the fine art show is the Glen Aaron Pipers, a Scottish band. So we thought we'd get it started with a big bang, you know, with the, the Scottish Pipers coming through the um, the park. And then we also have a classical guitarist, Sean Barrett, um, from Strick, uh, Six String Place, who's going to be performing as a minstrel. And Keeping Time, which is a Celtic um Quartet hmm. and Fairy Tales, which is a mother and daughter act that are flutist. Wow. And, and that's a lot of fun, too. So we really have a really well rounded program, and there's something for everybody to do. And uh, a lot of times we'll have families come in the morning and then they go home, drop off the kids, and come back in the, <laughs> in the evening to enjoy the uh, the wine fest Certainly. and the entertainment on the stage. Well, that's great. Yeah, it sounds like you're quite a wide variety. Uh, it is. fit in pretty well with, with uh, folk fest like that. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, now, what sort of um, sort of art could uh, people find at the uh, the art fest? Yeah, we have, as I said, we have over sixty eight artists. A lot of them are award winning artists, and really, we try very hard to have um, a variety, a wide variety. We actually have uh, to turn away a lot of people because we'll get a lot in one category, and we think, no, no, we really want it, like the jewelry <laughs> artist or the photographer artist. Right. We have to really kind of um, contain that so that we can allow a lot more different art to come. We have stained glass artists coming, um, blown glass artists coming, uh, as I said, textile artists, uh, fiber basketry. Mm. Uh, we also have wood carvers coming. Um, we're really excited about the wood carvers because they always demonstrate, and it's really fun oh, to watch cool. them create, you know, on site. Are and, these, oh, sorry, are, they, are these folks with like the chainsaws? Are they doing like the, the, are the small like sculpt? Like, yeah, how does that, how does that work? Yeah, it's we don't big... have any chainsaw artists. We okay, have the, yeah, so the, the t- pounding. Yeah. You know, okay, okay. Yeah. Although that would be fun too. I'd yeah. like to see that. I'd like to see well. either of them. Yeah, so. they, and especially when they do it, they do it so quick and they just whip through yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, we have some stone artists coming, which is cool. Wow. And uh, photography. Um, as I said, uh, we have. Uh, uh, acrylic artists. Uh, we have a caricature artist coming, and that's always fun. That's a big draw because people love to see their Certainly. caricature, you oh, know. Yeah. And uh, ceramics, pottery, uh, pen and ink. 
um, we have a body artist coming. And I was going to ask about that. Was, what is that? That is really cool. I mean, it's it's not a permanent tattoo, but it's it is a very artistic a presentation, mm. and. Um, She's amazing. I, I couldn't believe how popular. She's returning from last year. So is that henna? Is it's that like a henna. Is? Oh, okay. Yeah, and Excellent. so it'll last for a few weeks, and mm-hmm. it depends upon, you know, if it's on your hands, obviously, you're sure. going to wash more. So, But a lot of people will get it done on their face or their mm-hmm. shoulders, and that will last a longer time. And she's she's just phenomenal. It's amazing what she could create in a small amount of time. And we had people just lined up at her booth last year. So we said, okay, come on back. We're going to put you in a prominent place. And, and I think people just really enjoyed what she was able to do in a short amount of time. I believe it. I always see so, long lines for those sort of booths at, at Art Fest and yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah. I, I believe it. And we have another artist coming. Um, his, and he actually, he's a professional artist Tom LeConte and he's going to be doing some uh, artistry uh, face body art over in the kids art area uh-huh. and that's free as well and uh, they can uh, uh, then choose between one or the other so we have uh, we felt that that was just so popular last year that we brought more this year wow. um, some of the other type of art that we have uh, we have a, a new artist this year his name is Dan Pendle and he is actually an works at the MSU Cyclotron, oh. but he's a welder, and he has extended that into uh, an art career, huh. welding stainless steel and copper and iron, and we're just really excited to see him. Of course, he won't be demonstrating, but sure. you know, <laughs> he'll have a lot of art available, so we're very excited to see him. The metal artists, I love. I mm-hmm. love to see their creation. And, uh, we usually have three or four metal artists uh, at Art Fest, and um, sometimes they'll be bringing in uh, like garden metal art which is you know five feet tall and sure, so sure. it's really amazing to be able to see some of the uh, the different type of art that's brought into the festival um, and in addition to that we have jewelry artists we always have jewelry artists but we try very hard to uh, bring in artists who make or fabricate their own material so uh, for example they may be uh, bringing in uh, what's called a lamp work bead or a clay bead mm. and uh, some do even the glass or stone beads that they're able to uh, to work with and uh, so we do have a lot of jewelry artists and and really it's hard not to have them because it is a very popular form of art people really like to to buy the jewelry so Certainly. so we're glad to be able to to have them this year um and we have what's called an alternative art area and this was set up primarily primarily to allow local businesses the opportunity to become involved with art fest who may not be the typical you know thematic artist mm-hmm. so but they're able to somehow work it in so for example one artist that we have in the alternative art area is um Holistic Life Services, and they're really a local business that um, promotes health through uh, meditation, and they do uh, body massages and and things of that nature. They have products that they also sell. So we're excited to have them there, and they will be doing the the massages uh, at their booth. And then we also have um, Habitat for Humanity, which is going to be at ArtFest this year. And what they have done is... um, purchase antique furniture and have local artists paint the furniture. So And it's really cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, and they're doing it as a fundraiser. So we're really pleased that they're able to come and use ArtFest as a way to promote Habitat for Humanity. Certainly. So, you know, it's it's really important for... for us, Team Art Fest Inc. is the group that that actually produces Williamston's Art Fest on the River. And it's really important to us to not only promote fine art, to promote the education of art, but also to be able to incorporate mm-hmm. um, a cultural 
destination and a reputation of Williamston. So if we're able to promote business in Williamston and promote cultural activities in Williamston, and that's really how we show and find our success uh, by producing Art Fest. And if you can do it in a way that people can see art, drink wine, and get a massage, that's, that's even right. better. <laughs> Anyway, that works. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's got my yeah. attention. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, um, speaking of the uh, the wine fest as well, uh, mm-hmm. are people, do they have to stay in their tent and, and, and try the wine there? Can they browse and, and They can browse. Well? We do. Excellent. We have a little bracelet that we put on when oh. we check ID, and they can come and go during the course of the day. And again, Art Fest is open at 10 a.m. and closes at 9 p.m. Most of the kids' activities will end around 4.35 o'clock. Mm. Um, wine Fest opens at 2 p.m. and is open until 10 p.m. So after the main stage performances are finished, and I think our last band is Hidden Agenda, the rock band will be performing for about two hours. So that will be a tremendous amount of energy happening there. But after they're done, then we have uh, exclusive performances that occur in Winefest. And we have a gentleman in Williamson, his name is Pete Porcello, and he's a classically trained uh, pianist, and he is Absolutely phenomenal. Everybody that has seen him has just, you know, jaw-dropping. And he just loves to perform, and he performs at Art Fest for us. And uh, we are just so pleased that he's come back again this year to perform exclusively in the wine tent. And I believe he's going to be performing some limited classical pieces, but also some Broadway hits, like from Wicked and uh, Rent. So we're we're really excited that he could be a part of uh, that venue this year. Very cool. Now, the the pieces that are available at the Art Fest on the River, are those for sale? Are they exclusively for viewing? How does that work? Well, we do have some uh, artists that come to demonstrate, but primi- primarily it is a vendor situation mm. where art is for sale. Oh, okay, excellent. So people can shop as well as, That's uh, right. as, as just browse. Right. Um, now, where do you find the artists who are a part of Art Fest on the River? Well, actually, uh, we scour the Internet for all sorts of art-related databases. Mm. Uh, we have lists that we've been able to procure from the various organizations for, like that, for example, are in Lansing or uh, Western Michigan, Northern Michigan. I mean, there's always organizations uh, that are willing to share uh, database lists of information. And in addition to that, we have a website that gets a lot of hits, and we get a lot of artists that way. Um, we will go to art shows all over uh, Michigan. Actually, we've even gone to Indiana, Ohio, and invite artists that we are uh, uh, are impressed with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that really works. It's surprising that we were able to get artists to come such a great distance to come to William, Williamston's Art Fest. So that's really how we do it. We have uh, an artist procurement team, uh, Nella Janalozzi and mm-hmm. uh, Phyllis Cherico, who work uh, really all year long trying to... Um, to find artists that uh, we would like to represent at ArtFest. Excellent. Now, uh, this obviously is not the first year. No, this is our seventh year. Seventh year, wow. And and have you seen it change over that time? Bigger. It's a lot bigger. (laughs) The first year that we started, I think we had 23 artists and maybe six performers and a little tent for kids. Mm -hmm. And... uh, and, yeah, it's it's gotten a lot bigger, bigger. More people are attending. I think the thing that's really cool about it that I've seen during my involvement with it is the the kind of richness that we now have. I mean, people that come to our art festival are really impressed with it, and and just it, it's it's amazing. And 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 one person had said to me at one point that Williamson's Art Fest is a big city event presented in a small town way. 
And we really oh, yeah. like that kind of aspect because we feel that we're very hospitable and, uh, environment, very hospitable art festival. Mm-hmm. And, but we also like the idea that we've got these dynamic performers. We have got these really, um, rich art forms available. And so it's, it's a very holistic experience. Certainly. Well, it sounds like a great draw. Certainly. Oh, thank you. Um, well, we're, we're sitting here talking with uh, Gwen Cherico Brandon, the director of the Williamston Art Fest mm-hmm. on the River and uh, Wine Fest. Um, if you want to uh, give us a call, uh, we're, we are giving away uh, three pairs of tickets to the Art Fest on the River. Uh, because of the Wine Fest, though, you have to be 21 and over to win. But uh, if you want to give us a call, the number here is 432-3893. We'll be giving those away until the end of the hour. But uh, we are just about out of time. I wanted to uh, thank you for uh, stopping by and tell us about the event. And, thank uh, you very much for, for having us. Oh, certainly. Uh, the event, uh, Saturday, July 20th. 28th, uh, from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., and the Wine Fest begins at 2 and goes until 10 p.m. Uh, that evening. Uh, over 80 art vendors, as well as live music and art activities for kids and adults. If you're more, in- if you're interested in more info, uh, the number for that is 517-655-5953, or check out artfestontheriver.org. Gwen, I want to thank mm-hmm. you for stopping by. Uh, you, shortly uh, after this break, we'll be speaking with Diane McNeil from the Potter Park Zoo, but before then, we will be taking a few moments uh, on a break. So thanks for uh, joining us, and we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, this is the Impact Exposure. My name is Wes. Uh, we have one pair of tickets remaining for the uh, Williamston Art Fest on the river. Uh, so if you want to give us a call, win that last pair of tickets. You must be 21 and over to win, but uh, the number is 432-3893. Uh, switching gears now, we're speaking with uh, Diane McNeil from the Potter Park Zoo. I want to thank you for joining us this evening. Oh, my pleasure. Now, uh, Potter Park Zoo has had a lot of uh, a lot of excitement going on lately. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, we have... Um we have been officially taken over by the county as oh. of July 1st. It used to belong to the city of Lansing. It still actually is owned by the city, but it is now run by the county thanks to a millage that passed in November. Hmm. And it's been hitting the ground running, and they've Excellent. been doing a great job. So what's the advantage of being uh, run by the county versus the city? Uh, well, we have there's money available. Oh, that's always good. <laughs> There's money available for all the improvements. Um, We are Michigan's oldest zoo, Mm. so some of our buildings um, need some repair. Some of the exhibits do, and, you know, budget restraints and everything have um, 
put a damper on that in the past few years. So now we finally have the money to not only make the improvements, but have the full staff that we need to run the place and really make it everything it can be. Excellent. That's very exciting. Uh, now, in, in other exciting news, you just recently required a, uh, a an endangered animal. Is that correct? Well, actually, we had um, a couple of births at the zoo. Oh, that was it. And one was a little male oryx. Now, it's O-R-Y-X, mm-hmm. and it's an antelope. Okay. There are none found in the wild anymore. Wow. That is how endangered they are. So we were thrilled to have a, a little male born uh, just a couple weeks ago. Very exciting. So we also have a baby snow leopard. And those are very endangered. But um, he's unfortunately has to be hand raised because mom just didn't reject. Mom rejected him. So Um, but it's going very well. And we've got lots of healthy animals going on. We've got a little baby Joey, which is from a Parma wallaby, which are only about two feet tall period wow. so it's a lot of fun yeah it sounds very exciting now i have to ask as far as the uh, the oryx goes uh you know i understand the reasons that certain animals become you know an endangered mm-hmm. species but mm-hmm. why why would an oryx become endangered well most of the reasons that the animals are on the endangered list is um either poaching uh, or the land is not available anymore uh. in the case of the oryx though it's more a matter of they have these wonderful horns that are very, very long and sleek. And it's just a matter of being killed off and poached, uh, you know, on that type of a thing. But most endangered animals are that way because of habitat destruction or they're just being hunted for one reason or the other. I see. Now, how rare is it for a zoo, for the, a zoo like uh, Potter Park to get an animal like that? Well, what we are actually, for our size of zoo, we have a higher percentage of endangered animals than any other zoo for this size. Mm. Um, we belong to the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, which is an accreditation team. Hmm. Out of the 4,500 zoos in the United States, only about 210 are accredited. Wow. Okay, and if you can only house endangered animals if you are accredited. Hmm. So, as a matter of fact, um, every year you go through an inspection process for accreditation. We start tomorrow. For our inspection, and they go for three full days, and they inspect and talk to and interview everyone. Wow. It's a very, very high standard, but that protects, you know, the animals and everything they do. Now, being like that, we really don't have any say on the endangered animals as to where they go or what, you know, if we need something, we have to go on a list, mm-hmm. and we have to find the perfect match. You know, if we're going to go look with a breeding pair. Um, but the AZA will actually determine, like, where this young one goes. Oh, I see. You know, it'll be to another accredited zoo, mm. or we exchange something else, keep this one. It all depends on so many factors, but it's always what's best for the species. Wow. Now, how many other uh, species can uh, the Potter Park Zoo claim? Um, well, we have, I think we have close to 500 animals and there are oh, a number of species. I'm trying to remember. It's in the 120s, <laughs> wow. I believe, of the different species. But of that, quite a few. I mean, if, if we weren't accredited, we would probably lose, I'm, I'm guessing off of the list I've made so many times, there's probably 15 or so different species that we would be without. Wow. 
So that, that accreditation definitely makes the difference then. It, it, it means everything, really. It, it, it kind of keeps you from just being a glorified petting zoo. Yeah, certainly, certainly. You know. um, now, uh, another unique addition that I was, I was finding out as, uh, today is that uh, uh, you have a rhino artist zoo. Oh, we sure do. We <laughs> Tell sure us what that's do. all about. That's fascinating. Well, Ebony is our female rhino, and we've had her around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And her two zookeepers, Mark and Janice, they go to different conferences, and they thought, well, you know, they're finding out what other keepers do and things, and they thought, well, you know, Ebony could probably paint. Now, her <laughs> being a black rhino, mm-hmm. she has a little bit more of a pointed mouth, let's say her lip, mm-hmm. all right, whereas a white rhino has a wide lip. The black ones have a little pointed lip that's like almost like a little finger. Hmm. So she gets into some non-toxic finger paints, and the uh, keepers will hold the canvas for her, and they'll pick colors, and she will go at it, and then like any artist, she gets temperamental and stops. <laughs> and so they have to pull it up again at another time and let her finish these masterpieces. But she has done quite a few originals, and um, people snap those up right away. They really do. It's it's just a fun thing. Wow. And then we've also had some prints made of the originals, you know, for a less expensive thing but where you can still have and they're really beautiful they're just um well they're like more picasso like they're not farmyard scenes or anything (laughs) like that but they're great it's a lot of fun so now how how does uh how do zoo workers see a rhino and think oh that rhino can paint well you know what this is the thing with zookeepers they're assigned animals Mm -hmm. all right so that because they're the parents all right, they're, if they get to know their animals, then they're going to know when they're not feeling well, what's odd, what's off here. They're like the parents. So they get used to this. They know what they can do. The animals can respond to them in a way, and I'm not talking about being domesticated in any way. It's more of a motion-type thing. And um, they just thought, well, we can try it. She seems to be calm enough to be able to try something like this. So that's what they did. They just try it. And you, just like anything else, it's it's just a habit thing and training. Wow, that's fascinating. So I, it really is, and they are the, the keepers themselves are just tickled about it. Oh, I believe it. I'm they sure. I'm it. sure it brings good attention they to the to the exhibit oh, to the zoo yeah. itself. That's fantastic. Yeah. In fact, they wanted to do it. They came to me and they said, you know, the rhino yard has to be expanded, mm. and it does because if for breeding purposes, we really do need a bigger yard, not necessarily enclosure. That's sure. fine, and we've got the room for it. It's just the making something strong enough for the rhinos. And uh, so they said, if we can sell these paintings, let's just have that money go toward the rhino enclosure. So that's what we're doing. It's a pretty clever idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good yeah. way to support that. Yeah. Um, and I was also noticing that yesterday was the 12th annual golf safari. Oh, my gosh. What, we is, had, what is a golf safari? Super. Well, the Golden Rose Restaurant and Country House Catering 12 years ago mm-hmm. had decided they wanted to do a fundraiser for the zoo. So they said, let's find a golf course that will let us cater all the food. You know, we'll see if we can't get a good deal. We'll raise the funds and we'll put it toward the education department um, at the zoo. So we have been doing that ever since. Hmm. And yesterday, well, the weather was perfect. It was at Timber Ridge. And we call it a golf safari because um, it's for the zoo. But we do something a little different, and we actually take some of our educational animals out so that they're planted at different holes on the course. Oh, wow. 
so that when the golfers come by, you know, you're waiting for one of your buddies to go ahead and shoot, so you can go over and learn about the great, uh, you know, eagle owl or the tarantula or the snake or whatever else we've got out there. Wow, that's a great so idea. So it's just some, you know, it's just yeah. a fun thing to do. Certainly. No, and I've, it, I've been and on it helps the... raise us some money, and Timber Ridge is, is a wonderful place to do that at. So do you get to close off the, the golf course in order to Actually, do Actually, you have to have a complete, you, you have to have quite a few teams to close it off. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have enough to close it off, but there were quite a few people that were just playing, you know, going into play. Mm-hmm. And imagine their surprise when they saw animals out on the course. Tarantulas, so I'm sure, would surprise them, yeah. something, too. Eric, <laughs> so, oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. It was great. That's great. It now, was great. Uh, I also noticed that... Uh, there was the um, this, this September. There will be the fourth annual Big Zoo Party. That is our annual fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Different zoos across the United States have done this for quite a few years, where they have an annual adults only, however they want to do it. It's either a, like a barbecue style thing, or it's very dressy. We decided ours was going to be creative black tie. So what we did was we had our different board members of the society go to these different parties across the country. And put it all together, learn from their mistakes, mm-hmm. and come up with a good one. And that's what we did. And it's creative black tie. It um, goes from 7 to midnight. We have different venues. We have entertainment throughout, you know, different musical entertainment, fun, fortune tellers, mm-hmm. cigar rollers. We have the different wonderful uh, restaurants in the area come out and hand out their um, specialties. We have beer and wine from around the world. We have just a great time at 9 o'clock. Dance band comes on, and this year it's uh, the Mike Scorey Trio with Lisa um, Smith. And it is just a great time. We have a little silent auction. The zoo is all lit up in twinkle lights. The whole place in white twinkle lights that night. It is gorgeous. And this is something we hope to build on because other zoos will do it, and they have to put a a cutoff. If they've been been doing it that long, they can only sell so many tickets because the zoo will own so much. But it's wonderful. It's a fantastic thing, and it's dressy, but you have fun with it. So if you want to dance all night, but your feet, you don't want to wear those heels all <laughs> sure. night. Wear your slippers. That's okay. okay. Wear your big old fuzzy bedroom slippers. <laughs> wear a tuxedo jacket with some uh, tiger boxer shorts if you want to do that. So it's just a real fun thing to do, and so it's, it's all for fun. You don't have to come dressed like the penguins. You can there sort of mix you, it up. That's right. That's right. Oh, your own version. <laughs> Certainly. So is this is it safe to say that this is the, uh, the the zoo's biggest event of the year? Yes. Okay. Yes, and 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 it really literally takes a year of planning because wow. you have to get sponsors. Restaurants, you get prizes for stuff. You have to get the auction. Just get everything lined up because you have deadlines for printing mm. and promotions. And it really is, a, it's about a year in the making. So as soon as you're done, you have your wrap up and start again. Sounds like a blast, though. I'm so sure it's it all It really worth it. is. It's, it's been wonderful. God's been good with the weather every time. So oh, I it's, it. yeah. it's, it's been great. Something like you've been having good, good luck with the weather and all the other events as I well, know. the golf course and everything. We ha- oh, my gosh. I think in all these years, we had one rainy day. Wow. We really lucked out. It yeah, was absolutely. Great. Well, it's certainly going to a good cause as well at the, oh, at the zoo. Oh, yes. Um, it sure is. Well, now, speaking of the zoo, and we were talking about some of the more uh, rare uh, exhibits earlier, um, what are some of the more popular exhibits at the, at the zoo? What do you see people gathering around more uh, often? I would say there's a couple of things. Um, two years ago, we had three baby Sumatran tigers. They're called Amur now because, well, I've, they are Amur tigers, not mm. Siberian. And they are like big 
kittens still in the infant stage I should say when it's um when it comes to playing and there's a lot of fun we have a coral reef which is um a very expensive intricate touchy display but you know you have to go a long ways around here to find a really water exhibit like sure. this and there's a lot to learn you know that we are all still learning about that and it's wonderful and that we, we were helped out with that by Proust Pets what what's the they're in um, Old Town, oh, okay. and they they have everything, every type of animal. But they really helped us out with the coral reef because they're specially licensed for that type of thing. Mm. And um, I would say our black rhinos too, the ones that paint and Certainly. and truck around like that, and always the penguins. Oh, the penguins always. Is it because of the kids, or what's always the just the kids. They just love it. You know, they're 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 always in and out of the water, and a lot of times we do enrichments with. Um, with different animals, like the otters. We just opened our new otter exhibit last oh. year. And they'll do an enrichment where the teach the keepers will go out with fre fresh fish and throw it in the water for the otters to catch it. The whole thing with enrichment is bringing out natural behaviors. Oh, I see. So, and that is just always a, a squealing time for the kids. Oh, they I'm just sure. love it. They just, just love it. So. It, we've got a lot of good things there. Sure. Well, just thinking about that, I'm I'm kind of excited to see oh, it myself. Oh, I know. So. <laughs> it, it really is. It's great, and it's going to get better. Well, now, do you have any favorites? Do I have favorites? I have several favorites. Um, I love the wolves. Oh, okay. I do. Um, I'm I'm partial to them. You know, when you know something about animals, you, you get that way. Mm -hmm. And I love the meerkats. Oh, of course. You know, they're just. Every uh, they're just personalities all mm -hmm. over the place. And you could just spend a lot of time watching them. Certainly. Now, so, so what uh, what got you involved in working at a zoo? I mean, how, well, I'll tell you what. It was um, 21 years ago. I was at a mother of twins meeting, mm -hmm. being a mother of twins, mm -hmm. and uh, a lady came in, and she the zoo had just de start, decided they were going to start a volunteer program, and uh, it was going to be for teaching. You know volunteer your time to do educational programming. Well, I was home, had five kids, and I thought, boy, I need something else to do. So, no, I really wanted to volunteer. <laughs> and I thought, boy, kids and animals, this is great. So I took the first class that they have, and that was 21 years ago. Been there ever since, volunteering, hmm. teaching. And I have been in this position as executive director for two and a half years now. Wow. So I'm going on my third year with that, and it was just kind of a a natural, natural, you know, transition. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure the zoo has uh, partnerships with other, uh, like, area schools and things like that. Uh, what what do you what do you do for for schools in the area? For schools, oh my gosh, we have some. We have by far the best educational programs of any zoo. Oh. I would put ours up to any of them, not only in variety but in content and what we do. We bring schools in, and we also go out to the school. Hmm. But we are the only zoo in the United States that does what is called the big zoo lesson, where a class comes in and spends the entire week at the zoo. All their whole classes, the bus brings them out or the parents drop them off. So if you're in the third grade at a school and this is what they decide to do, your teacher comes in separately for training for this. And we show them how to use science to expand your math skills, your journalism skills, all of your skills. Wow. These teachers go away so excited about these programs because 
they have rejuvenated them. They've given them another way to teach that they do it all through the school year. And the kids, when the kids walk away and go, boy, this was the best week of my life. Oh, I believe it. You know, I mean, they spent the whole week at the zoo. Yeah, I wish I could have done something. Oh, like my gosh. That sounds Ooh, like a lot oh, of I know. I know. And we're the only one that does that, but we would love to teach other zoos how to do that because it is, it's, it's worth its weight. And we all, we always teach to the meep on everything we do anyway. So (laughs) until we're told otherwise, but that's what we do. Very cool. My last question for you for the evening. Uh, if, if people want to contribute to the zoo, uh, what would you recommend that they do? Well, we have a couple of different things right now. We are really trying to raise money for a bald eagle exhibit, Mm. uh, to finish off our North American area. And that, um, we also have adopt animals. We have a, quite a program on that. We, on our website at potterparkzoo.org, we have all of that information. And if you would like to call for more information, that's 702-4730. And, um, if you want to make a direct contribution to something, that's fine. If you want to leave it to the society to go ahead and use it how best they want to do it, that's fine, too. Excellent. And that's what we really strive to do is make sure that we put your money where you want it to go. Well, it's a great organization, and uh, I'm sure you could welcome all the support uh, that people are willing to, to throw your way. Uh, we've been speaking with uh, Diane McNeil from the Potter Park Zoo, uh, home to the uh, the new male scimitar horned oryx, if I'm saying that right. Yes, you are. Uh, as well as uh, Ebony, the uh, the painting rhino, and as well as many, many other great exhibits. Uh, if you want to learn more, uh, be sure to check out their website at potterparkzoo.org or just uh, stop on by at 1301 South Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to again thank you for uh, for stopping by and uh, tell us about the zoo. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, I believe we still have one pair remaining as part of those tickets. Tickets for uh, Williamston's Art Fest on the River. If you want to give us a call and win those, you got to be 21 and over to win. But if you if you are and you want to call, the number is 432-3893. Uh, this has been The Exposure. Uh, my name is Wes, and I want to thank you for listening. We're going to switch over back to some fantastic music for you in just a moment. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.